0: This morning we begin in the first verse of the 14th chapter, of the Gospel of John. Jesus says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also." And you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. This is the word of God for the people of God. The young woman was fairly new in this particular local church. She had come to faith through that church, had professed Christ as her Savior, had become very active and was, in fact, a Sunday school teacher. She was a wonderful teacher. She had great energy and vitality. She loved the children. She prepared well. But she came to the pastor one day and said, "Um, I think we have a problem I don't think I agree with everything that all these other teachers seem to believe. And the pastor first thanked her for her uncommon courtesy and wisdom in coming to him before things exploded. And so he said, well, what's the problem? She said, it seems like all the other teachers believe that Jesus is the only way, and everybody else is going to hell. And rather than quoting the verse from our text that we just read today, the pastor, I think, wisely said, why is that a problem for you? Now, she says, my best two friends are not Christians. There's nothing I want more in my life than for them to discover what I've discovered these last few years here at the church. But if I tell them that I believe they're going to hell because they don't believe in Jesus, they will never listen to another word I say. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's what John records Jesus said. We've just read it there. If you were like me and grew up in the Bible Belt and participated in Christian churches, I bet you have heard a sermon on this text before today. And I won't be surprised if what you heard was that this was a doctrinal statement That says that Christianity is the only true, right, and valid religion. And everyone else except for Christians are going to hell. That they are beyond the reach and the love of God. I bet you've heard sermons like that. I heard sermons like that growing up my whole life. But as I look closely at the Gospel of John, I think... That's not what Jesus is saying. I think that's taking this verse, or really just a half verse, completely out of context in terms of what's going on here in the Gospel of John and what he's telling us about what Jesus was doing with his disciples here in the 14th chapter. I would suggest to you that this is not a doctrinal statement by Jesus, but rather is a part of a conversation Jesus is having with a small group of Jewish disciples, his disciples, at a very important point in their journey together. I told you last week, you might remember if you were here, the context of John is that Jesus is arguing often with the Pharisees and the leaders of the Jewish temple in Jerusalem. They're going back and forth about which practice and interpretation of Jewish life is the best. The temple is doing it one way. Jesus is suggesting another, and they argue all through John. A few weeks ago, we were reading from chapter 9 here in John. Jesus was arguing with the Pharisees. He had a disagreement with them, and he was arguing with them all through chapter 9. If you read in chapter 10, John tells us there that there's a disagreement or an argument or a conflict going on, and some of these leaders are ready to stone Jesus to death. Then in chapter 11, it continues, and John tells us these same leaders are plotting to put Jesus to death because they don't like his interpretation of Jewish life. And then we come to chapter 13. It's the last night, John tells us, that Jesus is with his disciples, he washes their feet. He says, do you know what I have done for you? I have set you an example that you should do as I have done. I give you a new commandment to love one another. And then he foretells the betrayal. And then when he comes to Peter, there's this exchange where Peter says, I'm going all the way. I would even lay down my life for you. And Jesus says, Peter, you will not lay down your life for me tonight. In fact, you will deny me three times before this morning. That's right at the end of 13. Then verse 1, chapter 14, Jesus says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Let me get this straight. One is going to betray you. Our main man, Peter, here is going to deny you. You're going to be killed. And you don't want our hearts to be troubled? Why not? This looks like real trouble brewing here. Things are not going to turn out well, are they? Thomas says, I I don't think I, I understand. And Jesus says, this is the way. The way I'm going is the way... To the Father, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The way to intimacy with God as a father, Jesus says, is to love like God loves. There's no way to the heart of the Father, Jesus is saying, Except in this self-giving kind of love I've just told you about over and over when we were together. And now I've washed your feet so that you might remember vividly what I'm talking about. It's a loving, servant kind of experience. That's the way to the Father. It is a self-giving, humble, sacrificial, serving vulnerable way of love that the father is all about Jesus is saying the father is all about giving and loving and serving others here Jesus is at this poignant moment in his life on the last night with his closest friends he's been trying to give them direction Bless them with wisdom and empower them to carry on his message. And I think he's saying this, trust me, even in the midst of this trouble, because I promise you, this is the way of love. This is the way of the Father. This is the way to know the Father. This is the way God wants us to live. I don't think it's a doctrinal statement. I don't think it's a universal statement. This is a discussion between Jews with Jews. This is not a Jewish-Christian dialogue at this point. This is not a Christian and other religion or Jewish and other religion discussion. This is a discussion among those who are trying to understand what God is doing in Jesus So let's go back to our young woman for a moment and remember what she said, because I think there's some very valuable insights into how she was dealing with this. And I think she probably has a better relationship with this text than one that uses it to condemn and judge most of the world. You remember what she said? My best two friends are not Christians. There is nothing I want more in my life than for them to discover what I've discovered these last few years here at church. You see, this is not a theoretical, theological discussion for her. This is real life. This is her two best friends. She wants her faith to make a difference in their lives. Secondly, notice she is a relatively new Christian and still has good friends beyond the church. Do you still have friends beyond the church? Almost everyone I know is already here. But you know where the place is that God most often reaches people who are not already in the family of Christ? It's through us when we know someone who's already outside the church. When we treat them in such a way that we embody the love of God and the Spirit of Christ. When they can see in our lives the vitality of Of knowing God and knowing that God loves us it's in those situations where God reaches new people and brings them into the family of Christ so often we begin to think God really loves us really loves the church but John reminds us over and over that he sent his son not to love the church but to love the world the church is the vehicle God wants to use To love the world. If you have no friends beyond the church, you should think about that. And maybe open your eyes and ask God, Who am I coming across that you might want to reach where you could use me? Because I know that you love them. And you want them to know you as Father. The third thing I think she helps us notice about how we might be, and what we can see about her is that her heart is in the right place. She has a deep desire to share this love she's come to know with others. Do you remember that? She says, There is nothing I want more. There is nothing I want more than to help someone else know the love that I've come to know. Do you care that much about other people outside the church, outside your circle of friends? She does. She has this desire to share what she's experienced in faith with someone else. There's nothing I want more than that, she says to the pastor. The fourth characteristic that she embodies here is that she wanted to treat her friends with respect, love, and care. Did you hear that? She said at the end of that statement to her pastor, but if I tell them, that I believe they're going to hell, she knows that's not a good starting point for a conversation. Have you read the research when they ask people who are not Christians what they think when they think of Christians? You know what their top two answers are? Judgmental and hypocritical. I hate that. They're not saying we are kind or generous or loving or giving or serving. They're saying we are judgmental and hypocritical. I think they misunderstand. But there's been a number of studies done in the last few years. They keep saying that. I think they have it wrong. But is that how we treat them? Maybe that's been their experience. Maybe we weren't loving or serving or kind. Maybe they encountered someone who professed to be a Christian that was mostly judgment and condemnation. Is that the main message of Jesus Christ? I don't think so. The final thing...